Okay. All right. All right. In the zone. Shake it out. We're going to make a podcast episode. That's my Cardi B sound. Oh, I, she would be she would be honored. And there's a dog bark. Hey, everybody. This is our third episode of I Just Wanna. Thank you so much uh, for tuning back in. And uh, You came back. Yes. Oh. Thank you. Stars shining bright. Beams of sunlight coming through the window. Flowers blooming. Thank you. Thank you. Stop me, Lisa. Stop me. <laughs> Couldn't if I wanted to, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, no, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, we are really excited about this next episode. This uh, interview was was really, really great. This was our first interview, so this is really special for us. Yeah, we interviewed Emily and Scott, who is a, a friend of mine. Uh, we were interns at Ensemble Theater Cincinnati together. And since we finished that internship back in 2015, she has been skyrocketing and spearheading her own work um, in film and has become like a feminist filmmaking badass. And I can't wait for you to hear all about uh, her work and her journey. And I can't wait for you to check out her stuff yourself because it's hilarious and it's also poignant and stuff we need to hear today. Yeah, bottom line, uh, this episode was really great because it shows when you're not getting the work that you know you deserve uh, for whatever various reasons, that you should just buck up and make the work for yourself while you're waiting for the next thing. And Emily is living proof of that. So we hope you get inspired. We hope you start making some of your own work and enjoy the episode. All right, here we go. I just want to do something new every day and keep getting better at it. I just want to sing. I just want to paint. I just want to dance. I just want to have one unique idea. I just want to do work that matters. I just want to quit my day job. I just want to... I just want to... I just want to... Act and write. Win a Pulitzer. To fund other people's dreams. I just, I just want to... I just want to be... I just want to... I just want to live a So hey everybody, we are here with Emily Ann Scott, producer, writer, sometimes director, kind of everything for Represent a Web Series. She was a former Ensemble Theater Cincinnati intern and has now since been living in San Francisco, writing her own work and, and pretty much killing it out there. So Emily, say hi. Hi, thank you. Oh yeah, my gosh, what a nice introduction. <laughs> well, I try. I prepared all of five seconds for it. So. Awesome. So, we have a challenge for you. Okay, so with all of our guests, we're going to be doing a 10-second interview. So, it's just going to be rapid-fire questions that okay. Patrick's going to ask you. And we just <laughs> we just want you to, like, get all the cobwebs out. Okay. So, um, <laughs> it's like morning pages. <laughs> all right. Go. What is your spirit animal? Uh, uh, red panda. What do you want to eat right now? Um... Mac and cheese. Coffee or tea? Tea. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Bowling or putt-putt? Bowling. Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Wars. Are you morning person or night owl? Um, morning. The Office or Parks and Rec? Oh my... Ugh, you can't do that to me. Um, 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 right now, The Office. Okay. And then what imaginary land would you want to be in right now? Hogwarts. Great. Does that count? It's not a land, but... It's... Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Survey says it counts. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much to Lamare of Jones for your question. Thank you. Recommendations. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So we're gonna dive in. Emily, 
tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your journey. How did you get started into filmmaking and acting in films? And just tell us all about it. Cool. Okay. Well, I went to college for theater acting. And while I was there, I became a little bit involved in the student filmmaking community. And I really started writing my own film things because I wasn't finding a whole lot of success in film acting at my college, partially because I don't have your conventional attractive body type or appearance. And in my school, nobody was really writing for my body type and nobody was really willing to cast outside of, you know, what is considered standard for lead roles and that kind of thing. So I decided my senior year of college, there was a filmmaking challenge to make a five minute film in a week and kind of anybody could do it. And so I auditioned for all of my friends and I didn't get anything very good, nothing that was going to really add to my craft as an actor. So I decided that if I thought of a good idea and I liked it and I wrote it down before the deadline that I would just do it. And so I thought of something and I really liked it. And I found somebody who knew what they were doing with a camera and who had directed things before to help me out and kind of walk me through it. So we co-directed it and I found somebody to help me basically learn how to use Premiere, kind of, so that I could edit it. And I made it happen. And then for this competition, they show the top 16 from your school at this big movie theater, but they don't tell you what the top 16 are until you get there. So I kind of was like sitting there waiting for it. And then my my film popped up and I was like, yeah, once I once I started, it was really empowering to me because knowing that I can do that in my head, it's like if nobody ever cast me in anything ever again, which is not going to happen. But yeah, they do. it, It does feel like that. Because you never know where the next thing is going to come from. Mm -hmm. But having the knowledge that no matter how rudimentary it is, if I can write it myself, I can always be working on something and I can always be doing something, even if nobody else wants to do that. And that kind of (laughs) eases my mind a little bit. It puts the control for whether I can work on my craft or what kind of roles I get, all that stuff. It puts the control back in my hands a little bit. Mm -hmm. as opposed to being in you know you just summed up our entire podcast (laughs) I mean this is why this is why we love talking to awesome people like you it's it's about you know you want to do something you might have to wait for a bigger opportunity to come along but it's nice to make your own work until someone wants to invite you to play with them you know it's it's what it's all about especially like when you're talking about control any way you can feel that sense of control that is always the goal and that that is kind of how represent ended up happening in the web series they are deciding to make their own film so they're doing the same thing of trying to take the control back and decide kind of what their path as artists is going to be excellent so if you could tell us what represent a web series is about sure so represent is about two actresses ellie and tess and in the first episode they go on these really bad auditions where they're getting stereotyped and typecast and not treated well as women in the industry so they come home and kind of decide that they're going to make their own film and this film is parody of like all different genres but they flip gender stereotypes around. They have a manic pixie dream dude. They have like a guy running away from like a female killer. Um, yeah, just like all anything like you could think of, like they flip it around. So it's about them 
finding crew to help them with it, having auditions, fundraising, promoting it, all the trials and tribulations that go along with making their own film. I think that's so cool because you're pretty much writing about your own experience of creating your own web series by putting it into your web series. Yeah, that is a little bit. Well, I I wrote each episode, but I do want to mention that there was a lot of collaboration on set and previous to shooting where I got a lot of feedback from the cast and the creators that were helping me make it. And as an example, I can't tell this on a podcast, but I am white. The other lead in my web series is an Asian woman. So I wanted to kind of incorporate that because that's a whole different set of issues that goes along with being in the film industry. So I had a night where she and I just talked about like what she had experienced and how we could incorporate that in the in the series. So things like that, I wanted to make sure it felt true to everyone involved. But yeah, the process of of fundraising and and making making the web series and things not working out the way that you want them to or people not quite understanding like the finer points of the feminist content. What have you felt has been some of the some of the bigger struggles, especially as far as making your own work and and really getting something off the ground like this? I should mention, too, that we had an all-female crew. So especially with women in the film industry, and I'm sure like in, in many industries, also many creative industries, we are convinced, we've been kind of brainwashed to think that there's not enough room for all of us. And that's not the case, but it, it creates, you know, some jealousy and some resentment between women in the same industry. And I, in my experience anyway but to be able to you know instead of looking at somebody and saying they're doing this thing that I want to do and they're having this life that I want to have why can't that be me it's like how do I get next to that person and find out what they're doing and make become a part of that oh my god Patrick and I are trying to be such passive listeners (laughs) so we're not interrupting but we're both shaking our head up and down like (laughs) my favorite go-to kind of mantra for myself is a win for one of us is a win for all of us. You know, you're talking about relationships that you made to collaborate to make this work. Well, you never know who you're going to end up working with on your next project, whether it's on stage or, you know, um, and so it's better just to be a, a good support for everybody. It's just so much healthier. You're not letting someone else steal your joy. You know, you want to always be joyous in what you're doing. And all you can't see it, Emily is kind of glowing (laughs) (laughs) with this. You know, you can tell that that you really love what you're doing. It permeates through the the trailer, um, through the rough cut that we got to see of one of the episodes, which is excellent. So (laughs) it's just a healthier route. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody learns that way you know nobody nobody learns if you're gonna you know shun somebody or, or be resentful of someone for their success whereas like we can all learn from each other if we choose to mm-hmm. yeah it's anyway. more fun that way yeah so okay i have a two-part question it's not in our prepared questions list oh, oh my script. <laughs> so one what oh my god like what was the feeling when you just saw it all starting to come together I mean you just you you have this idea in your head and then all of a sudden you see it come to life what was that so that's part one okay and then uh part two is where are you guys now 
So where is represent now? For the first part, I feel like I should say that I'm rough cutting the episodes of represent myself with my very minimal (laughs) premiere skills. And then I'm handing them over to someone else to clean them up and make them look nice. I don't, I don't feel like I started to feel that or see that come together the way you're talking about until I was editing is episode seven. And I won't tell you what happens because it's a spoiler, but it was the one that I rewrote the most recently. So I actually rewrote it after I cast everyone because one of our actors made me rethink his character concept. And then I rewrote an entire episode anyway. So I rewrote it relatively recently and the rest of it I first wrote represent almost three years ago at this point and I had it sitting around and like didn't do anything about it for a long time and it wasn't until I had a real lull in my acting work that I was like well I guess this is a good time to make this web series that I have sitting here so I don't remember writing a whole lot of it specifically but I remember writing this episode and I remember doing the episode because it was one of the hardest for me I had to play a type that I don't normally get to play. And then I edited it and then I watched the edit back and I could remember sitting in, you know, the restaurant that I was sitting in on my one hour lunch break from my day job writing this episode. Like I could remember writing these specific lines and coming up with specific moments and then seeing it on on the actual edit. And just it was it was super overwhelming. (laughs) But it was really, I, I cried. Um, <laughs> I'll say that, I cried. Um, and also to know that it was one of the hardest challenges for me as an actor and as a writer, and then seeing it come together the way that it did so beautifully with everyone's collaboration was just, I don't know. I, it's, it's a very difficult thing to describe, but it was, it, it was a really, really proud moment for myself. And it's, it's the one that I, I don't know. Is that the one that I'm most excited for people to see? I think it is just because I know how much it took out of me and I know what it looked like before we made all those changes. So I can kind of be like, man, imagine if we didn't do this. That would have been terrible, (laughs) like (laughs) comparatively. So yeah, that was really, that's a really amazing feeling. And I feel like once it's, once it's all finished and watching it all the way through is going to be even more that way. Mm -hmm. But right now... We are still in the post-production process of editing and color correcting and all that stuff, but we're pretty far along in the post-production process, I will say. But we're prioritizing certain episodes to send to film festivals and web series festivals. So that's our next step. Hopefully, well, I won't say hopefully because we will. (laughs) We will be um, starting that process at the end of the month, sending them to um, different film festivals. And after... we have a little bit of experience in the film festivals. We are going to be seeking online distribution. So talking to different streaming services, seeing if they might be interested in picking it up. What are um, examples of those? So besides things that people you know, know, like Netflix and Amazon, those are always options as well. But there are some smaller streaming services that do a lot of great work, like Seed and Spark, for example, is a... Um, it was, it's also a crowdfunding platform, but they also are a distribution platform now. So they have a lot of really good content on there. Some of it that was funded with Seedenspark, but some of it that was not. And that's really fun to watch. And something like, as an example, uh, the website Hoo-Ha-Ha, which is about women in comedy. Oh. <laughs> um, it was founded by Elizabeth Banks, the actress. How do you um, spell 
the hoo ha ha. Yeah, it's W H O H A H A. Cool. <laughs> hoo ha ha. So um, they also have a lot of content on there that's um, comedic content made by women about women. I'm just naming ones that I personally sure. enjoy. Mm-hmm. So definitely, like, if that's something you're interested in, if you're interested in web series or online content in any way, you should look look into I'll those. Tell you, my my knowledge was YouTube. Like, yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, web series. I feel like it's its own kind of beast um, yeah i i didn't even think that there were other specific web series streaming platforms yeah that thought never right that's never why crossed my mind yeah and that's why it's just it's so cool in this day and age how you can you can make work happen you know there are different ways to do it i mean that's why we started this podcast that's why you can do the web series and not have to have a big feature budget or anything mm-hmm. but you can just be scrappy and get it done and then see something grow you know and I right. that's why I wanted to know about those platforms because I'd never really I never really knew much about web series before so yeah sure. I definitely want to check them out it's yeah. so cool and they're definitely I want to write my own stuff now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and there are definitely ones on on things like YouTube and, and Vimeo and that kind of thing and there those are also all of those that I just mentioned are also good platforms for short films as well so it's 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 kind of dependent on like where you want your content to go and kind of what what you what your goals for the content are. So I want to hear about like the day to day. What were some of the smaller struggles that maybe you didn't anticipate? Sure. Know? Yeah. Well, money is always a problem um in in everyone's life but particularly when you're trying to make content we were so so lucky enough to have an entire crew and an entire cast who agreed to work for free because they cared about what we were doing which was amazing and we did a little bit of crowdfunding and ended up with about $1,400 from Indiegogo crowdfunding, wow. which was not nothing. It's definitely very helpful. But it's also, it's a 12-episode web series, and each episode is like about 10 to 15 minutes-ish. So it is a lot, a lot of content and a lot of filming and a lot of work. But because of that, you know, I, and and also I should say plus, my own kind of expendable income that I put into it. Plus um, our producer, Jen Floor Matthews, would, you know, buy lunch for everyone. Uh, and, you know, w- we had a couple of people also putting money into it, mm-hmm. which was super, super helpful um, <laughs> to me <laughs> anyway. But because of that, we can't, we can't ask anybody to take time off of their day jobs or whatever other projects they have going on because we can't pay them. And that's not fair. Including me, I have a day job as well, and I couldn't afford to take off any, uh, well, I took off a little bit of time, but not much time. And so we kind of only could film on the weekends. We we had uh, a couple of instances where actors would get a paying job like very soon before we were supposed to film and they would have to take it, and which is totally understandable. But then that would leave us scrambling for how to reschedule things and... Um, how to how to work that out we also had a couple of people coming in we had a director and an actor who came in from out of state on their own money thank you marissa thank you michael let me just 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 a shout out i should i should mention of uh, 
if I'm mentioning all the people who who contributed money, I should also mention them because they bought their own plane tickets to come to oh San Francisco wow. um, Bay Area to film this, which was amazing, especially because they did not know me at first. They Aww. they did it without knowing who I was. And now yeah. we're like best friends. It's Speaks fine to your work. Uh, yeah, the, and that's something that's an imposter syndrome thing that I had to get over, actually. But yeah, yeah definitely. Tell, tell us more about that. I mean, the sure. vulnerability, I think I believe for me that writing is one of the more vulnerable mediums. Uh, it's something that I've struggled with sharing more than anything. So tell tell us what that's like, you know, the, the whole I mean, we all struggle with imposter syndrome, but the vulnerability of of creating this thing and having people invest time and money in it. You know, what, what's that like for you? So I, um, I'm sure you can tell that a lot of the web series is drawn from life. I will say it's not directly from my life, but there are a lot of things that actually happened to me that inspired things that happened in the web series and that kind of thing. So the character that I play in the web series is very, very similar to me. And that was also, that was part of, the difficulty. Um, I had a whole, I, I have, uh, my character in the web series has a romantic storyline. And part of that, part of the reason that I wrote that was playing on this theme of flipping the script, playing on this, um, this idea of flipping the stereotypes and the archetypes. So my character is a non-thin person who does not have your conventional attractive Hollywood starlet type of look um and that affects her acting stuff and it also affects kind of her personal life and how she sees herself and that I did not think that that affected how I saw myself until I started making this because I my first pass at this romantic storyline that I wrote in order to make that point was very underwritten and I didn't really commit to it because I didn't really see myself as a romantic lead type still even though I was making that point and doing this until one of our actors auditioned and the actor who auditioned for my character's romantic interest did not play the character the way that I wrote it necessarily because I wrote it to be kind of a joke that this person would be interested in my character. But they played it very sincerely. And that made me realize that that was a way better choice. And it made me realize that I needed to go back and rewrite that Mm storyline and commit more to it and invest more in it and really see myself in that role. So that was one of the things that really changed the it changed a lot of the script and a lot of where where the story was going for the better completely and that changed my perception of my own ability to do that type of role my ability to like fill that role in my own life um and it, it yeah it was it was a really it was it was a very Empowering? Empowering experience. Yeah. I think that's yeah. absolutely it's, amazing. Because ah, that's such a, you, you had no idea that that was going to happen. No. And then you, you know, you put your work out in front of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, how, if you could label your tribe, you know, how would you label these people that you've surrounded yourself with? Oh man, um, I I feel like 
the defining characteristics of our sort of team that we have assembled are do everything with heart. The everybody that that is involved um, has like so much belief and heart and belief in what we're doing. And that's really important to me. Having somebody on set who was kind of just like uh, lukewarm about the message we were sending, um, while maybe they, they could carry off the character really well, but it would have affected the whole sort of atmosphere. And um, also, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I like to say that they yes and me. Um, like the improv, there's like the, the improv um, sort of rule is you always say yes and. You accept what people are giving you and you add to it. Um, and so I feel like, you know, we always yes and each other. So when I have an idea to do something, somebody else is like, you know, I might be a little bit insecure about it, but I say it and they're like, yes, let's do that. Let's do that. And then I feel more confident about it and more excited about it. And I feel like that's the same with every everybody else's ideas that they that they put forward. I feel like we created a really collaborative set in that way um, by just being open to everyone's ideas and being excited about what everyone was bringing to the table. How did you find this group of people? Did you did you know any of them going into making a web series, or were they uh, did they just kind of come out of the blue? Sure. So most of the people who worked on Represent were sort of, I happened to meet them by happenstance. So I um, met Jen Floor Matthews, who is one of our producers, at a mixer, a filmmaking mixer in the Bay Area, randomly. And we met up and I told her about my idea to do this web series and she was really excited about it. And then one of our directors, I also met at a different mixer and I happened to like send her an email, I think, I think I sent her an email just being like, hey, um, we have some open episodes if you want to like do like one or two or whatever. And she read them and sent me back. Um, I'd like to do all the rest of them, actually. Is that OK? And I was, was like, was that uh, terrifying to send that email? Like, did you stop and think like, should I hit send? Oh, I, I did it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> How many times did you read it? Yeah. <laughs> I started this web series thinking that I was going to direct most of it, not even though I don't like to direct myself while I'm acting, but I didn't know anybody else at the time who I felt, who who even I felt like wanted to do it or try it. Um, and then I put out kind of a, a mass call on a bunch of Facebook groups for like the Bay Area filmmakers. And um, Marissa Vaughn responded to it, who um, she lives in Indianapolis, but she used to live in San Francisco and that's how she saw it. Wow. And, um, and she came all the way from Indianapolis to... She- yeah, wow. she came from Indianapolis, and which is funny because I'm from Indiana, but we don't. There's no connection there. Um, but <laughs> but she world. yeah, but she um, she read it, and she also she saw some of my previous work to kind of you know make sure I was like a person who was like a good actor and everything, um, and and uh, she was like yeah, but she could only come for a week, so we blocked out a week for her four episodes that she directs, and then Mila um, Rabello, who is the other main director, um, was like. Uh, I'll take the rest of them. And so I was like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm credited as the director on two episodes. One of them I have a co-director on. But those were because they were kind of like very specific in my head and or I didn't have 
an alternate in place yet. So I'm kind of, I like to say that I do whatever on set is like not being done. Like whatever's not getting done, that's what I'll do. So if like I can't find anybody to direct it, I'll just do it myself. But, um, but yeah, having, having people come from so far away or like even invest their time in it at all is very, you know, and, and to, to think that, you know, this, they're doing this because they really care about what we're doing and the script that I wrote. And it's, it's a very, I had to get over myself about that yeah. a little bit. So well, you found yourself being a really big deal in a very short amount of time. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> do you have many leather bound books? <laughs> you have a big library. I mean, it's cool. So it's, it seems like a lot of the people you met was, through putting yourself out there, you know, mm-hmm. going to networking events, posting about it. And that's the thing. You have to do the work. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to get anyone to see you or recognize you. Uh, you said you went to mixers? Yeah. So um, in the Bay Area and I'm in other cities as well, but specifically for in my case in the Bay Area, there are um, a couple of different venues that have different filmmaking mixer uh, events. So networking events where filmmakers can go and um, sometimes they will show some locally made work. Um, Sometimes they will just kind of like give you a name tag and you have to write down kind of what you do and you walk around and find people that you might be interested in working with. Speed dating for filmmaking. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I got this web series. Yeah. So listen, I have a web series. Um, This is what I need. Um, But... The the mixers were really helpful for me to just find other people who were doing something similar. And in addition to that, I cast a lot of people that I had worked with before. Um, so people that I knew were going to have positivity on set because that and create like a a a good environment on set. I used to I used to say on set that having like a positive environment on set was my top priority, even kind of above the quality of what we made. And I still believe in that. I think having ha- the people around you and having that positivity is I think more important to me personally as a filmmaker than the ultimate product. If if we have a choice between an actor who is just right for the part and is not going to like click on set with everybody else versus a part uh, an actor who's really really excited about it and really into it and maybe does not quite fit the part as well I would still rather go with the the actor who's more positive and a better fit for the group than the role I guess because I feel like we can work on what to do about the acting and how to how to approach the role more than we can work on somebody's attitude yeah I guess I agree All right. Um, so swerving to kind of a new topic. So a lot of this podcast is people who are in the thick of their projects. I mean, Patrick and I are not making six, seven figures uh, <laughs> like some of the podcasts we listen to. And it's great to hear from people who have come out on the other side of it and they talk about their their story from there. But we're all in the thick of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give someone who's just starting to dip their toe in the water? They're like, oh, I have this idea. I just don't know you know, you're in it now. So, so what would you tell someone on the brink of starting their work? Yeah. I, um, I have like some kind of, um, mantras that I like tell to myself when I'm doing this. One of them 
is something that I I was fortunate enough to hear a lecture by Meryl Streep at my college when I was at college. And one of the things I don't know who that is. Yeah, um, Meryl, Meryl who? Um, Streep. Um, She's um. Uh, do you have you guys seen Ricky in the Flash? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Meryl. Sorry. You know you just ruined your future I know. Right I'm now. like, did I just like ruin my chance at like working with Meryl Streep? Okay. Um, but, um, but she was giving, I think it was like an interview. She was accepting a, a, an honorary degree and like giving an interview. And one of the things that she said, and I believe she was quoting her husband actually, but she was talking about how people always ask, where like I don't know where to start and her husband always says start by starting so I think about that all the time about how when I get that oh like but what do I do is just start by starting so um what I like to do is in 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 the sense of when I'm writing I I don't try to like force it or started try to force myself to start at the beginning or wherever like I feel like I'm supposed to start if I think of like a line of dialogue I'll write it down and then I'll expand on that or I'll, I'll find like a moment that I'm excited about and try to expand on that and whatever you can do to get something down on the paper the more that you do that I feel like is is really helpful to me like you start with your favorite parts and then everything else you can kind of fill in as you go if that makes sense absolutely <laughs> I mean that's the thing a lot of things oh gosh I listened to a podcast and she says, it's so sad how many things don't see the light of day. And it's because we're too afraid to just even cross the start line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that mantra. Yeah. Do you have any others that really just kind of keep you going, especially in some low times? Yeah. Um, so um, one thing that my mom used to always say to me when I was in my AP classes in high school was um, stay the course. She used to always say stay the course. And it kind of... When I think of that, it reminds me that I'm on a path and just because things are not coming on that path maybe as quickly as I want them to come, they that doesn't mean that they're not there and it doesn't mean that I'm on the wrong path. So I think about that. I also think about, um, I think it's from the actress Gina Rodriguez's first Golden Globes acceptance speech where um, she said her father used to tell her, to say every morning, today is going to be a great day. I can and I will. And it's just such a simple, I can and I will. It's so yeah, simple. That's what I tell myself. Every yeah. day. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <Snap>. Yeah. <laughs> I am like one of those people who has like the inspirational quotes in my like little journal. And like I like because it, it's really helpful to me do, to just like help. have that, you know, whenever because the I find that the more that I drill it in my head, the more that when when things start to go wrong, I don't I fall back on that as opposed to on, well, this is not going to work out. I'm not going to make it, whatever the case may be. If I keep practicing, keeping that in my head, that's what I fall back on. Mm -hmm. And that's what comes to my head immediately when things go wrong. So, well, I feel it feels like we as a society just get so conditioned of hearing I can't, it's never going to happen. Who am I to think, you know, such and such. So that's where I think a lot of these mantras help recondition us and and bring that positivity and that faith and that belief. And, um, you know, you were saying you want to surround yourself with people who say yes. And it's, it's important to find that tribe. It's Mm -hmm. important to find that group that, that enforces those morals and those beliefs because it's contagious. And I, I mean, this is why we're doing this podcast. I mean, it just, 
you get so jazzed listening to other people's stories, you know, just listening to yours right now. It just makes me want to run laps around the house. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like electricity. Yeah. 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 So what's the five year goal? Because you know what? It's exciting to just think of the possibilities and yeah. think of the magic that can happen. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I, I, for a long time did not want to, like, I didn't want to have like a bucket list and I didn't want to have dream roles, like that kind of stuff, because I, I, um, I have a lot of anxiety and I'm like, well, if I don't ever get to it, then it won't be done. And like, it'll be the thing that I didn't do. Um, but I've recently tr- been trying to work myself out of that and just kind of imagining like the, you know, manifesting, if you will. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm like, oh, man, like in five years, I will be 31, which is ridiculous. Hey, um, so will I. Yeah, so true. We'll be there together, Em. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm already 32. So. Oh. <laughs> not, to, uh, uh. not to be. You youngsters, get <laughs> off my lawn. It's <laughs> um, a great old man voice. <laughs> Um, Anyone listening out there need an old man voice? <laughs> I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> the girl for the old man voice. Um, but I I find that like I I I imagine myself continuing to make my own work and theoretically the more that I do it, the more successful it will be. Um, and the more people will take notice. But I also I like to remember something that I told myself a long time ago when I first decided like I was going to go into acting and I was going to be a theater major and I was going to do the internship that I that I was at I came up with this in my head I decided you know if I can do what I want to do and act and write and do these things I'll be good like regardless of anything else if I have to have a day job for the rest of my life then that's not plan A, but I will be okay. You're still getting to do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will be I will be okay with that. And I feel like I'm I've already gotten to that point because of what I was saying earlier about feeling empowered to create my own work and feeling like there's never a point in my life where I'm going to lose my ability to to just make something um if I really want to. So, I feel super comfortable and confident in that. But, you know, if I'm winning a Golden Globe for comedy actress in five years, I'm not going to complain about that. And we won't be surprised. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, um, that's that's the plan A. That's the manifestation trajectory. But I, I also find it sort of like what's the best that can happen and thinking about. Even at the worst that could happen, the theoretical worst, I'm still doing what I want to do all the time as Mm -hmm. long as I choose to do it, as long as I choose not to decide that it's too hard and like give up, which is totally a thing that is okay to do if that's really where your heart is and that's really what you need for yourself. But that's making that my choice instead of something that's going to happen to me is a big has been a big deal for myself. Awesome. Well, I mean, we are 100% rooting for you. We can't see, we can't wait to see how the web series evolves and how your career evolves. 
So I'm sure everyone listening has been super jazzed listening to you. They can follow along too. Tell us where can we find you? Where, where can people look you up and, and keep following on your journey? Yeah, for sure. So I, you can go to my website at emilyannscott.com and you can go to the Represent website at representwebseries.com. And then we're also on Facebook, Instagram as Represent Web Series or Represent Series. And we're on Twitter as Represent Series, I think. And then Facebook and Instagram as Represent Web Series. And so you can find us there. You can sign up for a newsletter so that when big things happen, we'll let you know. Or you can just kind of like chill and scroll and see see what's going on. But yeah, so... Yeah, we do want to note that the, the trailer is out. So if you find the Represent Web Series Facebook page, mm-hmm. it is there. And like we said before, Lisa and I saw a rough cut of episode two, mm-hmm. and it is, it's hilarious. <laughs> you and, and the girl playing Tess are just fun to watch. And yeah, that's Jackie yeah, we, Dallas, by the way. She's incredible. Yeah, you guys have great chemistry. We can't wait to see more. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much. Yeah, great legs, best of luck, and yeah. we're cheering you on, man. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> All right, till next time. Um, so I really enjoyed talking with Emily. Yeah, Emily was dope. She is dope. She yeah. is continually dope. She has not ceased being dope. <laughs> Her royal dopeness? <laughs> yeah. No, but it touches me personally as an actor who always worries about like, oh, when's the next job? Well, you know, get out the pen and paper and write my next write job. Write your next you job. Know? Yeah, it's yeah. a great point. And what was really special about this episode was it was our first ever interview and it was so cool. And yeah. I really, I really want to thank Emily for being there and uh, just wanting to be a part of that with us. And it was really cool. Yeah. So. This one will always have a special place in our heart. <laughs> what little heart I have. Yeah. So. <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in. Please, please subscribe, download, share, leave reviews. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at I Just Want a Dot Podcast and find our Facebook page, I Just Want a Podcast. Patrick and I need your help to get the word out. Please help us. So please share, subscribe, download, all those things. Yes. Um, but finally, we want to end each and every episode with three brief feel good feels. Number one. Please, with us, take a deep breath. Number two, (laughs) write down at least one thing you can't control. Then ball it up and throw it in the trash because you can't control it. And extra bonus points if you light it on fire. That's arson. Yeah, please. (laughs) Well, that's worth it. Um, Number three, whisper or shout... I just wanna. And then you fill in the blank. And just do it already. Just do it already. Uh, Get started today. And remember, you don't need to just listen to our reactions. Uh, You can share your own. Uh, Let us know what you thought about Emily and her journey. Yeah, what stood out to you? What kind of resonated with your own story? All right. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good one, guys. Be good to yourselves. Woo!